welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. In fact, I hope this podcast is the best 45 minutes of your week. For this episode, I have an influencer who lives in Dubai, London native, and is a wife, mom, and in her 50s, get this, she got discovered as a model. She's the impressive Caroline Labouchere, and you'll get to meet her right after this. Those of you loyal listeners to my podcast know I've been talking about dogtalktv.com. That's a website where you can go right now and you can buy some books to teach your family about the responsibility of pet ownership. The author of many of those books is a Little Rock resident, and she's very generous to the dogs and all the animals of the world, but especially here in central Arkansas. Pat Becker-Wallace is the author of many of those books. She's had an award-winning PBS show. She works very hard in central Arkansas for different charities, but especially the dog rescues. So we know that the charities, the dog charities, animal charities, often get county and city money, but often the rescues do not. They are no-kill shelters, and things are a little different. So she works really hard to raise money for these groups. Dogtalktv.com is where you can buy some books, and it benefits the local rescues. But this is the other thing she wants to remind you of. Just this month, just today, because it's a day that ends in Y, donate to a rescue near you. In Central Arkansas, we have Central Arkansas Rescue Effort Care, and we also have Out of the Woods. Wherever you're listening from, I would love to hear the charities and the rescues that you can help in your area. You can save a dog's life today. For more information, go to dogtalktv.com. With all the chatter that I, all the words that I use to express my love for intermittent fasting, I'm going to use that same passion to tell you, (laughs) express my love for beef. Davidsburgers.com. That's right. That's our go-to hamburger place. When we go as a family, when my husband and I go, it's just a great place for the entire family because of the type of beef they use. They are known for their quality beef there at David's Burgers. You know, they've been in the burger business for a long time. Under this iteration, it has been 10 years and there are 10 locations. But what I want you to know is those restaurants are designed in the spirit of the butcher shops of the 50s and 60s. This is when people really understood the cut of meats that were involved. And guys, they have really good meat there. You could even buy some things in their freezer section, not the ground beef, of course, but you can get some of their beef and serve it for your family and impress everybody. And then you can cater an event. I did that in December and I won favorite relative award with that one. We had burgers for 20 people and it was also good. They would have even dropped it off, but I went and picked it up. They said, next time we'll deliver. I said, gotcha. So those are just some of the things I know about David's Burgers. I know that the Bubba's family owns the chain and they support many adoption charities in central Arkansas. I love their family. I love their food. You will too, davidsburgers.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome 
to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, so you're the platinum Demi Moore, right? Because we don't say gray. Have you seen her recently? She looks incredible, so I take that as a huge compliment. I saw a doctor yesterday on social media go through, because she's my age, I'm 61. That's exactly what I saw. Yes, that was amazing. It's impressive because he said, I'm not her plastic surgeon, though I'd love to be. I'd love to take credit is what he said. And he went through all the things that she's had done because she obviously colors her hair, which guilty as charged. Me too. I would have some gray hair, but not a lot. But she, because of my coloring and her coloring, your coloring, she probably has some gray hair. So she doesn't have the gray hair. She's had a facelift or what he was speculating. Facelift upper bluff, lower bluff, laser treatments. I mean, all the things. And she is amazing. But anytime anyone sees your picture, I've shown your picture, they go, well, it looks like Demi Moore. So I guess you've heard that for years, but you've let your your hair grow go natural and she has not. Yeah, but I think she looks a million dollars. I mean, she may have spent a million dollars. She but has spent, I, that's right. Yes, but that's fine. If I had a million dollars and I could look like that, I'd do it. Right. I think she looks fabulous. And and I've only been told since my hair's long that I look like them anymore. So, well, let's talk about the genesis of you being discovered in your 50s as a model. And then, I mean, making you're a trailblazer for women to encourage them that life's not over at 50 something. And tell that story because it's so inspiring, Caroline. Well, I definitely went through the period of feeling lost and feeling like I no longer mattered. I'd I'd reached that age where it was sort of downhill and let the younger generation take Mm -hmm. on. And then I was offered this incredible job out of the blue modeling, which I had never done before. And I got the job. I felt like the queen for the day and thought my that there's more to life maybe I could do this again I love this and it was so empowering and and so I made that choice and that is the difference isn't it uh, you yep. get to a certain age, certain age and you either give in to those feelings or you take off on a, on a new journey and it's finding out what that new journey is, isn't it? So you're a Londoner living in Dubai. Correct. Um, in London, did you model then in your 20s and 30s? Never. No. Seriously? Never. Why? <laughs> um, because I, I was a debutante and I remember there's a, there's a person called Trini. Have you come across Trini? Yes. She has a yes. makeup line. Yes, I love she her. She was a debutante the same year as me and she turned up and she was wearing a mini skirt and she had a spray tan or whatever it was, but she <laughs> right. looked fantastic. And I was there with my Laura Ashley, you know, my loafers from Russell and Bromley, <laughs> my Laura Ashley frilly shirt. Yes. And my skirt, you know, mid-calf. And I, that's the way I was brought up. Modest. Yeah. But I wanted to be Trini. <laughs> that's funny. So do you keep up with her now? I've seen her a few times. I've been back. Uh, I've done a little work for Trini. And I mean, she's just 
a ball of energy, isn't she? Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. she's yeah, I, very compelling. You want to watch her. Um, yeah. and, well, I'll I'm have, not sure she would recognize me in the street, but she is very recognizable. Yeah, she she has neat eyes um, that are very expressive, and she's very expressive. Mm-hmm. And so she her influence is then for makeup, right, and fashion. Uh, yes, big big fashion. Yeah, she had okay. a TV show. Okay, in mm. in the UK, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so so tell your story because you, like me, have had a long marriage, and so that meant you were married in your twenties. You had your babies. So what was your life like? Like, I mean, I just want to hear what a supermodel's life was like before she was a supermodel. Well, I don't consider myself a supermodel. I'm a supermodel. I think is somebody who's who started at the year dot and went the right all the way. Fits the definition to me. But thank you. I followed my husband. I was brought up. I was groomed in a positive way, and it always has negative connotations, but uh, by my parents and then by my husband. He was in the military. So, again, it was another kind of grooming. And I was taught to not walk behind him because I had to, but just. He, it was his job. He was the one in charge, and I was the wife of, and I had a number, and uh, had two children. IVF, one made in Ottawa, and the other one made in Delhi, in India. Is that right? Yes. So you were having infertility. Before, I mean, that was kind of early in the game of IVF. I would think it was that well, the nineties, right? So it was twenty. I oh, know we married in ninety one, and. Okay. Uh, Max is now 29. He's 30 this year. So okay. 30 oh. years. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're incredibly lucky to have a boy and a girl. We did five IVFs. Is that right? Did you have a diagnosis that you share? Like, did you have polycystic ovarian syndrome or just infertility? Didn't know? No. I had ovarian cysts. And back in those days, they used to operate. Uh, yeah. And they used to, they used to remove them. So I had quite a lot of scar tissue. Oh. I think it was the scar tissue that, that stopped. So then I had two ectopics and wow. then they decided to sterilize me after that. Wow. So the ectopic, the that is that can be deadly for yeah. the yeah. mom. Yeah. Luckily it wasn't. Um yeah. we found out both times around eight to ten weeks. So yeah. So you had a bump you had a bumpy ride. Yeah, you had a bumpy ride getting to the point mm. where you gave birth to your glorious children. Yeah, but I always believed I would have babies, always. And it was you just did. the one IVF didn't work. Okay, when are we going to do the next one? Because I know I'm going to have children. And that's how we went at it. So was that difficult on your marriage or on you? It, I'm sure it was difficult. It was difficult on both of us. Mentally, it is difficult, but, um, and the money side of it. Yes. Luckily, being in the military, we did have um, some aid. Um, but I, no more difficult than other people have issues in their marriage. I, I can't remember any turmoil as far as marriage, because there was always going to be a baby. You know, mm-hmm. So it was you know, this is really bad right now, but it'll be okay. Where did your military travels take you? Did you start in London? 
Uh, we didn't. We started in Germany, and oh. uh, we yeah, we were so Germany, and then India, and Canada, America, um, Germany again, bit of England. Yeah. And now yeah. Dubai. Tell me about living as a, I mean, you're Westerner to them, you know, living in Dubai because it does not follow traditional Arab or Islamic dress code as it does, you know, as it in other Arab, Arabic or Islamic countries. So tell me what it's like. It, it's like London there, right? We feel incredibly lucky to live here. Really, uh, we say that most days. We're, the weather right now is just outstanding. We've got the doors open and it's just amazing. And every day we think, oh, tomorrow it might start hotting up because at some stage it's going to hit 50 again and plus 50. So the summer's takes and getting through, but we've got dogs. Um, but otherwise, we are so, so so lucky we have a great life there's next to no crime uh i can leave my car outside running what all day yeah (laughs) yeah i can go to a shop if it's 50 degrees and i need to run in and get a a bottle of water i will literally stop my car leave it running run into the store get the water and come out yeah not like the rest of the world no um because you're in the middle of the desert and 50 degrees centigrade is probably a jillion in Fahrenheit. I can't, I can't even <laughs> at imagine. Least a jillion. Yeah, yeah, it's at least a jillion. And it's the desert, so it's really hot. It, well, it gets hotter in the desert. We're by the sea, so it's oh. not, we, you know, we get a breeze at a certain, you know, in the morning. Uh, uh, no, it comes in in the afternoon, I think. Um, but not always. And, this, and, the, and then the sand's caught up in the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. It's we've been here for 14 years and it's changed. It's so much more relaxed. That for Ramadan there were no coffee shops open. Okay. And you know yeah. when there's not a coffee shop open so I need I need a drink now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a drink now, but all the coffee shops are closed so now I need a drink. Um and now everything's open and it just is easy. Are um the women who are native there are they wearing the hijab and they're covered they're completely covered so you're not and that's not uncomfortable or it's it's not a crime like it would be we are could the be majority another- expats are the majority here and oh. also as a great generalization their families come out in the evenings they're more likely you know the malls are, are much busier in the evening they all go to the malls in the evening i like to go to the mall early in the morning because it's quieter and then get out but there are communities, uh, you know, as there are all over the world, really. And uh, I've got local friends. They don't cover up completely. They just cover their heads. Oh, got it. Um, and they're, they're all beautiful. Yes. The, the, yes. the eyelashes, yes. the eyes. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they, beautiful, they beautiful. Themselves. Yeah, beautiful women. Um, what's the population there? Oh, you're asking me. I'd have to Google that. I can ask Siri. Siri. Hey, Siri, what's the population of Dubai? As of 2023, the population of Dubai was 3,546,000. That's a big city. 
Because think about it. This was just carved out of the desert however many years ago. You know, I know. It's- I know. And I, the other thing, you know, in England, you, I listen to English radio every day and it'll be the potholes are really bad. Uh, we're going to fix the potholes by 2026. And here they will move Sheikhzad Road, which is a, what, a seven lane highway each way. They'll move it over pretty much overnight. I mean, it just, <laughs> you want a job done, it's done. So what what is the key that their infrastructure being so efficient? Well, it's the money. It's the wealth. It's the money, but it's also not having to go through legal systems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I you mean, want something done and you're in charge, yes. you get it done. And that there's got to be some positives to that. Instead of people yes. arguing about whether it should be done this year, next yes. year, in 10 years' time. Yes. Yes. We have a lot of, in the U.S., we have a lot of red tape, government red tape. And in fact, our government, uh, ours in the U.S., maybe in the U.K. too, is known for its wastefulness. 30 years ago, there was the hammer that was in Washington. It was $750 where you could go to the Home Depot and get one for $19. So there's just so much waste in government spending that maybe they're just more efficient. I don't. Well, also they're very good at that. If they if they make a mistake, they change things overnight too. So wow. everything is just everything just happens. Now I'm sorry it's, I don't know this, but mm-hmm. is Dubai a democracy? Are you able to vote in elections? No, 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 no. Okay. No, it's auto, is it autocracy? Oh, autocracy. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So are are you able to vote as a, as an expat? No, so autocracy, you don't, but oh, you mean in England? Yeah, yeah. So are you still voting in England? No. Okay. So no. that that must be weird to live in a place that you, because that is one thing about, now we don't have a true democracy. I forget if they call it republic. Or, there's some term that's really used for the U.S., but we're able to vote for our leaders. I, it would be odd to me to live someplace that I had no say. Yeah, even though my even say is you have a say, doesn't mean say anyone's going to do it. <laughs> You're I right. Mean, we, we vote for, I voted for Boris back then, yes. thinking he'd come in and he'd have some guts and he'd do some things. Well, he came in and he just melted. He didn't Wasn't do that it. disappointing? So disappointing. But you see, he couldn't, yeah. it, it, he, the prime minister is not in charge. No. He can say what he wants to happen, yeah. but then he's got all the red Parliament. tape around him. Yeah. It's like so, our our president here and our Congress, and they get in gridlock, and you know, yes. we have two houses of Congress, and if if it leans to one direction and the the elected leader is another, I mean it, it's a mess. I mean, we're 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 in, a, we're in an election year too in the U.S., so it's it's really a mess. I know. I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it on the radio. Also, it's it is a complete mess, and so I cannot help but feel for. I get messages from people saying, "Oh, but this goes on in your country. This goes on in your country." You don't dig into those things because it's none of your business. You would be deported if you did. Yeah. So you just live yeah. a good life and you get on with your good life. Yeah. And you, you don't break the rules because right. you know 
there's going to be trouble. So I would assume there are no women in charge at all in Dubai. There are no women elected officials. They're, they're, they're trying to change it, actually. They're, they brought women in um, at the top of some companies. Oh. They are trying to change things. Uh, does the UK have a presence there then in military? Is that what brought you then to Dubai? David was an advisor. Oh, an advisor. Yeah. And what languages do they speak there? Um, Emirati. Oh. Um, yeah, they speak um, Arabic. Okay, and it's an Arabic language. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's such mystery to me behind Dubai because, again, it was in the middle of a desert. Now, don't, don't you even have snow skiing in Dubai? Oh, yes, we do. And we've just got a new treadmill um, skiing place. So you can keep continually skiing on this huge treadmill. You, people say, oh, Dubai's boring because it's all new and there's nothing to see. No. It is the most exciting place. And the no. food, we went to Paris at the end of last year, Mimi, my daughter and I, we were in um, a fashion show at Paris Fashion Week. And... Seriously, the food here is the best in the world. We are so lucky. Wow. Um, and so going anywhere else really is, doesn't quite match up to it. Yeah, no, it, it's shiny for sure and sparkly. It's very and, shiny, yeah. very yeah. sparkly, yes. Yeah, if it weren't so far, it's there are so many places I still, you know, and I'd love to go to Israel as th soon as things calm down there and some other places. So I've never made it quite that far, but it's You're definitely. you to do it. Yeah. It's a bucket list thing for sure. Yeah. And, and people who go, again, there are casinos and um, snow skiing in the middle of yeah, this we desert. we don't have casinos. There's no gambling allowed. Oh, no, here. no. That's right. It's not casinos. It was something else that was drawing some Americans there for a while. Yeah, I should have known better and said that. But it was something that took them there. And I remember they traveled, came back and said, you've never seen anything like it. They said, it's really hard to even describe it's the emerald city of oz when when dorothy you know after the the house lands on you know the wicked witch and we know the munchkins are there and it's shiny and sparkly it is the emerald city of oz so whatever they've done they've done they're doing a good job, they are, now, they let's, are good job yeah. okay let's talk about um so you're you're this mom um you're traveling all over the world where in the u.s did you live uh florida okay well, that's that hot weather. Short. That was, yeah, that was quite a, a short, um, short one. Canada was 10 months and we drove, uh, we were in uh, near Kingston, Gagetown, and we drove all the way down to Key West for oh Christmas. Oh my God. Uh, you know, airplanes go there. You could have flown. <laughs> I know, but we wanted to see the state well, and yeah, at, at that time it was only two of us. So it was, well, it was that is actually, that would be the way my husband would do it because it is great to see the country, any country, wherever you are by car. And he always says, we miss things when we fly. So I could see doing that, but that's a long trip. That was five or six yeah. days by car. But also it was, it was exciting because um, you, you had places to stop all the way down and that doesn't happen in every other country. So we're going to stop and we can get lunch there yeah, and then we go to that true. outlet mall there and yeah it was great 
it was a, a great memories of that trip. Okay, so you've lived in uh, you lived in India. Yes. Now, what's that like? That was I was terrified of going there. Max was six months, and I was thinking, well, what happens if if he gets sick and I can't yeah. have another baby and. Yeah. Maybe I should just come and visit you when you're there, being David. And I just, I mean, I was bottle feeding, um, bought all the formula, and we shipped ourselves off there. And it was actually one of the best years ever. The really? Indian people were fantastic. Max would crawl onto a cricket pitch, and all the kids would stop playing. And they start right? rolling the ball for him. Yeah. It was a really, really good year. A kind group of people. Oh, in so India. kind. Mm-hmm. So kind. Okay. Now, some of my the best Indian food I've ever had has been in London. So you are in India and in Paris. Yeah. Paris has amazing Indian food too. But yeah. you were there in the middle of it. What was your favorite? <laughs> Uh, I actually, I was sick for the whole time I was there. Oh. I had, um, um, oh, what's it called? Um, when you, uh, do you get from chicken from uncooked chicken? Salmonella. Salmonella. Yeah. I had salmonella for the whole time I was there and I came back and, uh, I weighed six stone i don't know what that is but i'm eight stone now so that's 14 pounds oh uh, no 28 okay. pounds more now than i did in okay India. and you're really slim now so was, you were a skeleton i i was and i came back and i went to the doctor and they ended up sending some health officers round to mum's house and saying we need to check your kitchen because <laughs> you've had salmonella reported <laughs> so did you get it from the your kitchen in India then? Probably not from my kitchen actually because it in because I was had an upset stomach for most of the time I would take food from our kitchen uh because I trusted our cooks so I would they bake biscuits or a cake or something and I would take it on trips with me. Now were you in northern India or the south? South. Near so Tamil that's yeah, so that's so they're known for their fish dishes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a big fishy eater. Um, I mean, it it more than likely it would be food having been left out too long. Okay, but okay. you know who knows? It, whenever we went out, I would be sick. Um, oh wow! Uh, but David ate uh, live yogurt every morning. They would the, they would grow it. And wow. he was never sick. Now, um, did you miss beef at all being in India? Oh, we ate beef. Oh, they do have beef then? Yeah, yeah. It would. It's different religions do different oh. things. So Hindu. And they were Christian. Okay. Yeah, well, that's true. I didn't know they would accommodate. They They would make that accommodation. So that's good to know. We can buy pork here. You can? Yes, they have pork shops. So then they do accommodate yeah. different religions and Westerners. I say Westerners just because yes. I'm making the group of people from Europe to the U.S. that would have yeah. different food restrictions and religious requirements. 
I love going to the website for Marlsgate.com. Marlsgate.com, it's hard to even define it in just a few sentences, but it is this historic property in Scott, Arkansas, a small community about 15 minutes from downtown Little Rock. And on this property that was built in the 1850s, the original home is there the pecan orchards, the acres of beautiful property, tenderly, lovingly cared for now by the Talbot family, just the third family of owners with this property. And they bought it in 2017. And wow, what they are doing in restoring it and keeping it up. And it's impressive. And not just Marlsgate, but it's everything really the Talbot family what they're doing in this community. Bo is a hustler, and so is Martha Ellen. And that means you can see what they're doing with their heirloom foods, the culinary arts, the lodging they have by land and water. I love the restaurant, Scott Station. We're crazy about that restaurant. But for the rest of you, if you're wondering what Marlsgate is, it could be the perfect event location for your treasured event because this isn't just a venue this is somebody's home and it turns into a memory that's talked about for generations find out more by going to the website marlsgate.com i love meeting a listener to the lisa fisher said podcast especially when one says hey i shop at Akel's carpet one now because of you Yeah, Akel's Carpet One is the stores that we talk about in central Arkansas that beat the big box store prices. And for those of you listening outside of the state of Arkansas, don't despair, my friends. You can go online to AkelsCarpetOne.com. You too can explore what they have. It's a really good interactive website, but you can see the tile. I'm looking at some right now. Explore tile, carpet, explore carpet, luxury vinyl. That's what everybody's going crazy for is the luxury vinyl. And you can see the different options. And then guess what? You can start talking to them about, let's talk about price. Let me tell you what they do at Akel's Carpet One. And let's everybody get quiet just a minute. They beat the big box door prices. Mm -hmm. Nobody else does that. I know that because I just built a home. And before I built this home, I had homes that needed new carpet, new flooring, new blah, blah. They have it all. I say everything now from the ceiling to the floor because they're doing these beautiful remodels in showers with all the bougie tile. They're doing the flooring. They're doing uh, the countertops. They're doing the backsplash. They're doing kitchens. So it's not just flooring. It's Akel's Carpet One and a whole lot of other things, but that's a really long website. So Richard Akel's just keeping it pretty simple because you know it. It's Akel'sCarpetOne.com. So then yeah. during, so you're saying even during Ramadan, then there are, are businesses open? Are there restaurants open? open? Because okay. Dubai is tourism and oh. you can't, the bigger into it they got, they realized that they couldn't just cut their nose off to spite their face, so to yeah. speak. Um, and, and that's the whole learning process. Dubai learns and it yeah. acts. See, that's what we miss in this country. <laughs> and in the UK. Yeah. Is the, the learning process and then moving on from that and saying, let's regroup, let's try something else. Yes. Because in the US now, we're seeing cities that are crumbling and their tourism is crumbling because of political, because of politics. 
Mm. You know, San Francisco here, which was an amazing city, it, you know, much of it is in shambles and their businesses are boarded up and there's no CVS or Target or anything in certain downtown areas. Seattle, same thing. At, at part, parts of LA, it, it's a mess. And no one, yeah. that's what I wonder. Why isn't anyone learning? Exactly. Why aren't they learning? I, I don't because understand. Because nobody wants to take nobody wants to take responsibility for making the decisions, and no one person can take responsibility. So even during COVID, why didn't why didn't all the countries talk to each other instead of all doing their own thing? Yeah, I I, I don't understand that. There was a country in Africa that I can't remember which one but said that they didn't even recognize COVID. Like the prime minister, whoever was in charge, I can't remember which country it was, said, no, we're not, we're not doing it. We're not playing the game. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing it. And, yeah. and you know what? They, I mean, of course, we're talking a, a, a different financial structure than in the, or GDP than the US or the UK. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just remember thinking that's the way you do it. And yeah. there, I think in Hungary, in, uh, Europe, their prime minister has said sometimes on things going, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Yeah. And they, Dubai, they looked after the, Dubai looked after the country. It did not look after the people. People were evicted. You know, shit happened. Yeah. But they looked after the country and it came out of COVID strong. And wow. every other country that looked after the people and just gave money to people and did yeah. what people wanted them to do is in a complete mess now. But on another, but on another tack, you look fabulous. Well, thank you. As do you. And you're, how- you're, you're actually, may I just say, your skin looks absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I, like you, have worked hard for my skin. I do, I do skin. take, I've always taken real good care of my skin. Just, I, you know, I've never smoked. And I've really eliminated all alcohol I've lost all interest in it and alcohol besides being a class one carcinogen. I was, I learned the other day, it is so inflammatory to our skin that after we drink, it really takes us a few days for our skin to clear up for it, us to metabolize it out of our bodies. And so I, I feel like that has something to do because people do ask me often now, you know, what's your secret? Even when yeah. I travel, they'll say, Oh my gosh, your skin. Cause they know I'm not, obviously in my twenties, thirties or forties that I'm an older woman, but I, and you do too, you take care of your skin. So what are your secrets? Well, we can have the best skin. I have better skin yeah. now than I used to have. Is that I right? Used to in the sun and yeah. I'm, I look after it a lot better now uh, than I used to. That's the whole thing about being our age is that yeah. we can reinvent ourselves and yes. do all sorts of things that we either didn't have time to do or maybe couldn't afford to and it's a little bit easier now than it used to be and we can the world is our oyster right now i agree and i also agree that we were given information in the 80s and 90s that we now know we call we'll say that was a lie it was erroneous information going low fat was one of the worst things you could do for your skin because your skin needs mm. fat you need mm. collagen you know you need healthy nutritious foods you and I know you have this philosophy, don't eat foods out of boxes. We talked about this when I did your live with you on Instagram. 
It's the yeah. Dr. Bickman philosophy of avoiding foods in boxes and bags with barcodes because those highly ultra processed foods actually affect your skin. Inflammation yeah. is shown throughout the body and our skin is a barometer of that. So I think part of it is that kind of information, but also for me, so I avoided the sun for years and now I regret it because my vitamin D levels were low. And so now I work hard to get my vitamin D levels up, but I only do it. I do 20 minutes a day with no sunscreen to wow. keep my vitamin D up um, because that affects your health, longevity. I mean, on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but I'm not getting a tan, obviously. I mean, my skin yeah. is white, you know, porcelain. And I'm not getting a sunburn. Those are two, th a, a slight tan wouldn't bother somebody, but I just don't. I'm doing it for the vitamin D. Yes. So, you know, that's information. There are just a lot of things we were told not to do. Remember, we were drinking skim milk in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was the only way to move forward. Yeah, it was the only way to move forward. So mm -hmm. what are some things you've done that you've tweaked that maybe you've restored in your diet that you would have thought, oh, I would have never done that and you feel better now doing? I haven't tweaked it that much in that I'm eating differently. I've been low carb for many, many years. Uh, but now, even when I'm buying cheese, I'm, look I'm looking at the ingredients of things. And if I'm buying cheddar, how many ingredients does it have? Mm -hmm. Does it have preservatives? Mm -hmm. And and I'm having to spend more, but yes. I feel much better. And that I'm buying Stilton and Brie and a mm -hmm. good cheddar and uh, making my own tomato sauce instead of buying yes. jars of it. Yes. Just looking at the, I mean, I have to have my glasses for everything. And the, the writing on those packets is so small. Yeah, just not, and trying not to buy anything with the, any of the dextrose, any of the O's yeah. on the end. Okay, now there's one thing that the UK offers that is liquid gold, and it is the the milks, cheeses, the dairy, the butter. Yes. So you're not getting that because there are local farms probably that were accessible to you when you lived in London that you're not getting in Dubai. We get we use. Pretty much everything comes from other countries. Yeah. We have local vegetables. Uh, but they tend to be a lot smaller and different. Uh, so it depends whether you want. So you can get a chicken here, but it's literally, it's literally about that big. And then they'll sell a chicken breast. It'll be about this big. And they well, where did those chicken breasts come from? If the chickens are only that big. And the chicken breasts are as big as the whole chickens. Yeah. So I'm now kind of going off chicken. Also, I like to buy animals that had a life. So I'm having to you know, try and go backtrack and find out where the meat came from that we're eating. Yeah. But everything, you know, American meat, New Zealand meat, Australian, all over the world. Well, our pesticide use in the U.S. is just off the charts. And that's why they're saying that gluten bothers 98% of the people. Not that they have a gluten sensitivity. They have a glyphosate sensitivity. It's the yeah. poisons. 
So mm. in Dubai, in a desert, okay. We don't this, grow any of that stuff. Right. So you're, if you are getting it from other countries, I'm wondering about the pesticide use. In Europe, the pesticide use, I think, is banned. I think glyphosate is banned in Europe. I don't know. I, I think that's right. And I think that's one thing. That's why people will say from the U.S., they'll travel to Italy and the pasta doesn't bother them. The wine doesn't bother them. And it, and I th think that the majority of people will agree that that's because there is no pesticide use and the pesticides is what gives us leaky gut and some other things. Is, is functional medicine um, a thing there like it is now in the U.S. and in Europe where we're looking at root cause? Is that something that people are interested in in Dubai? It is. A, a lot of places are opening up and doing longevity. Yeah. They've got saunas and the cold, you know, the ice baths. Have you done the cold plunge yet? I have, yes. What's that like? I've done a couple. I wouldn't bring it into my daily life. Yeah. I I can do it. I've done it, but I don't know. I just I don't get I mean I do get that it's good for you. I know that yes, it's good for you. Right. And I tried I turned my shower onto the cold um actually yesterday when I had a shower and it actually wasn't very cold. But um that's as far as I would go. Just the cold hitting your chest it's supposed to hit your chest yeah i've done um one time i had a big tv shoot and i was out of town i didn't have all my stuff with me so i was in a hotel i got the ice bucket and i filled it up with ice water and i did my facial plunge in that they say do 20 seconds at a time i pull my head up and i'm telling you it brightened my skin it's something that i probably need to do i mean it Think about what it does to your vascular system because you know what the cold plunge does, yeah. but it would do the same thing. Sometimes we just want the puffiness away from under eyes or yeah. uh, our skin to be glowing. And that um, I've done that just a couple of times, but that's the most I have not. I, and I'll, I do all the other things. I do long fast. I, a lot of things. The cold plunge is the one thing that I go, I, I, mm. I just want to pass. Yeah. It's the breathing. It's, uh, it's the breathing. Yeah, trying to get that under control. And I kind of feel like I've been there and done it and I don't need to do it again. Yeah, uh, that's, how, that's probably how I'd feel. Now, we have hot summers in Arkansas, nothing obviously like what you have, but we do have hot, humid summers. So after I've worked out in the summer, I will come in then and do a cold shower and have no problem with it. But we are having our winter now. And I'm not interested. I know people do it. And I'm so proud of you people who do it. I know. I know. I've got friends who do it. I love it. Like Peter Atia and those other longevity experts say that, you know, it's best for mobilizing your brown fat and it's help helps your mitochondria. I'm like, my brown fat and mitochondria just may not be moving then on this one. I'll have to find <laughs> something else. Now, um, you and I talked and we talked about intermittent fasting. And because you have been low carb uh, for a long time, have yeah. you delved into intermittent fasting now? I have. And that would be um, finishing eating at about uh, 7.30, 7, 7.30, and then not eating until 
about 11, 12, one or two oh, the next day, depending that's, that's on That's good. Yeah. yeah. But then I go through phases of just needing my coconut latte at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So then I'll go through that phase. But I th- it is good to, to muck around with the fasting, I think, and not do it regimented. Speed. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. There, there's a talk that the body gets accustomed to the same window every day and to mix yeah. things up. Yeah. And that, you know, when you are metabolically flexible, which is what happens when you do fasting for over a period of time, the body moves in and out of fat burning. And Mindy Pels talks about that fat burning and sugar burning, uh, which is so fascinating. And that's why it's good to mix things up. So sometimes on weekends, I do have longer eating windows. And today is my long fast. I'm doing a 42 hour fast every week from I put my fork down on Tuesday night and then I don't eat again till Thursday um, at about noon. But yesterday on Tuesday, it was our 36th wedding anniversary and we took our family out. And so I ate two really good meals and even had a snack, which I don't, I never eat that much, but it's kind of, it's like I'm getting ready to hibernate. You know, my body knew and I told my body we're fasting for 42 hours. So probably that's it. And then on Thursday when I eat, I'll probably have two small meals. You know, I just, I come in and out of that and I do what works for me. And this is what I tell my clients because I am a health coach. I say this all the time. It's your life. Live it. You know, Mm. if Mm. if your daughter's getting married Saturday and there's brunch and then there's dinner and then there's cocktails after that, enjoy it. Yes. Do not sit back and miss something because you had some regimented fasting. You know, enjoy your life. So you started, you low carbed kind of before anybody. Do you think that's what's helped you keep a slim figure through? Never liked breakfast. Even at school, I didn't want breakfast before I went to school. And, And now we're finding out that actually we don't need breakfast. No. Um, so I guess I, I just went with my, with my gut feeling and, and I've stuck with that. Listen to your body. I need to say on the, on a Sunday, if David cooks bacon for breakfast, then I'm in. Absolutely. In with that. Totally. That's right. Cause you're living your life. Okay. Let's <laughs> go back. Let's wrap things up. We have about four or five minutes left, but I want to hear your story. Um, I think, is it that your daughter worked for a firm in London and they saw a picture of you and said, who's that? And they grabbed you as a model? They were looking for a gray model and they had contacted Maya Musk and she had a few too many zeros on her on her invoice. And um, so they were looking somebody a bit cheaper. And they saw a picture of me. Mimi showed them a picture of me and said, my mom's great. And uh, they said, oh, well, we want to meet her. So they flew me to London and they liked me. And it was incredible. Just incredible. I mean, it breathed new life into you. I mean, it, it did. And where did I, where did I think that I could do that? I, I still look back and think, how did you think that you could stand there in front of a camera for a Vogue ad? I know. How did I think I could? But I just knew I could. I just, just, I don't know. I just knew it was weird. So 
You've done British Vogue. What are some of the other magazines you've done? Um, Vogue Arabia. Um, uh, Tatler in England. Harper's Bazaar here. Harper's Bazaar wow. in England. Oh, my yeah, gosh. So and you want the American cat- ones under my belt. Okay, well, this could be, <laughs> this. you could get discovered right here on the Lisa Fisher Said yeah, podcast. Yes. Um, you want the board. That's right. And you mm-hmm. walked the catwalk too, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we did Paris. Mimi and I did Paris last week, uh, last, uh, sorry, last season. Um, and yes, we've done Arab fashion week here. And yeah, uh, just, I, I, that, that does make me nervous, but, uh, more so than standing in front of a camera. Yeah. Cause that, that's a performance. It is. And you're being taken from every angle. And do you do swimwear too? I do. Wow. My goodness. I do. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to, if I was doing it now, I, I'd have to think about my poses. Do you think about your diet the few days before you do swimwear? I probably would do more cardio classes. Um, and I probably would eat less, honestly, yes. Yeah. I would. Because yeah. I just want to just be a little bit flatter, tummy. Yeah. Sure. Um <clears throat> I mean, you want to put your best self forward, don't you? Yeah. But that definitely is. there are ways that I could not stand face on. <laughs> I would not be happy with those pictures. I couldn't wow. just stand there and do that. So it would have so, to be a bit of a, a side angle. Yeah. So intimidating. So what do you do to keep your hair in its beautiful, minted, gray condition? What, do you do this, the purple shampoo? I do. And then I notice um, in a photograph uh, that I have this sort of purple patch going on back here <laughs> because um, it really, it, it sticks uh, if it's in for too long. And obviously I left it in back here a little bit too long and I did catch a little purple glimmer. That's great. Yeah. That's but great. Otherwise, uh, a good, I like, I, I try not to wash it too often. Yeah. Isn't that the great thing about aging is that we, you know, every, I'm about every five or six days, I've got thick, coarse hair. So, yeah. Well, there's no point mucking around with your hair, is it? It is precious at at our age. We want to keep it there and keep it healthy for as long as possible. So leave it alone. And what have you done with uh, hormone replacement therapy? Do you do bioidentical? I absolutely do. I very pro. It's a game changer. I, I have a list on my on my um, in my highlights. There's a an M, and there's a list of menopause specialists from all over the world. Good on that. Um, it's so important to find a doctor who is going to give you all of the information and not just a one sided bit of information. Which is also one of my when people ask me about my skin, I say I do bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So. I do have the skin from when I was cycling and our, and you know, there's a time in our, our period when we were cycling that 
the balance, the right balance of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone gave us youthful skin. I mean, youthful skin is part of that. So, um, I had I did, no problems. I stopped with the testosterone because I started getting a few whiskers. Well, I did two in the pellet, so I have the transdermal that I use, and I take a spironolactone, which um, is an androgen suppressant, and that stopped the facial hair. So I had facial hair and acne and oily skin when I was doing the pellet. And in fact, my provider asked me yesterday if I wanted to go back to the pellet because she said, you're tolerating the transdermal. And I said, I don't want to upset the apple cart. I like the way it is. I don't have, I don't have the facial hair. Um, I don't have the acne. And I think the combination for me, this is not medical advice, but the spironolactone Mm -hmm. Um, with the transdermal that I have, and even the transdermal, they can add estrogen, estradiol to it. Because sometimes women who take a pellet, and Dr. Mary Claire Haver told me that still need some vaginal estrogen or transdermal estrogen. So it's again, it's finding a provider who speaks this language, who yes. wants you to soar and feel your best. And so, absolutely, absolutely, it's. The most important thing to get all of the information instead of going in with half of it. That's right. And it makes you, I, I feel better. I, I mean, I just feel great. I feel like I definitely feel like I did in my 20s and 30s. And the beauty is, I don't have a period anymore. That having a period, that's hard work on you. And you know, Suzanne um, Summers, one of her things was she kept menstruating through the years. She wanted to keep menstruating because she wanted to keep her body in that condition. And that is one thing I do not miss. So I'm sorry for you women who are still having a period. That's rough. And, and I know, I mean, kids, when they're getting, they're having their periods so young these days, you did like an 11 year old or a 10 year old. Ten year old. Thing. Oh, I know. I know. And that they say does put you at a higher risk for cancers. I, I don't know. I mean, that was always the philosophy. So again, yeah. we go back to foods. Yeah lack of sunlight. I mean, you need all the things. If God made it, eat it, use it, get, get sunlight every day. Caroline, you're so inspiring. Thank you so much for doing this at five o'clock in the evening for you, 7 a.m. for me um, in order to work our schedule. And I will put all the information about you in show notes. You're definitely, you know, one of the most influential people I've ever talked to and so inspiring. And we thank you. Lisa Fisher said podcast community. Thanks you. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.